Hi everyone, welcome to the Awakening Podcast. My today's guest is Sanya Huram. She is a dream journey guide, bodywork professional, wisdom keeper of the womb, and leading facilitator of feminine embodiment. Building on a unique repertoire of professional backgrounds, Sanya leads with a grounded, open-hearted quality. With her school Embodied Healing Arts, she offers retreats, online courses, and facilitates training in medicine woman arts and holistic somatic healing. Drawing on a unique blend of somatic practices, bodywork, and feminine dream shamanism, she invites women to immerse in their enchanted inner world and completely reverse their lives from within. So today we'll be talking about womb awakening, female shamanism, medicine woman toolbox, and the awakening of wild woman within. I'm so excited to have Sana in our space here and to share her wisdom with all of you today. Thank you so much for inviting me, Olga. I'm super excited and I just love what you're doing with this podcast and I hope that it can reach as many people as possible yes. to uh, find out new things about themselves or perhaps some new avenues for development and growth. Absolutely. Thank you. And the first question which I would love to ask you is if you ever had a moment of the awakening when your life was separated for before and after. That's a really good question. And I would say the short answer is no, because I feel like I've had a lot of small <laughs> moments like that rather than one that was the one that I remembered forever. I would say that Probably in my own life, I was born in Bosnia. So at the time, it was still a different country. There was a lot of turmoil. And so leaving my home country behind, I would say, was a pretty big step for me, even while I was very young, to question what is belonging and what is home. And so I do think that pushed me into the direction of looking inward more than anything. But I would say that overall, I've had a lot of small moments that were really awakenings that were bringing me closer to this idea, okay, I got to reorient myself, I got to be in alignment with myself. And so it's almost like these reminders can be there even on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And it's been pretty much like a continuum of those moments in my life. Yes, that's beautiful. And tell us your story. How did you discover woman shamanism and how did you start all these practices and how did you become such an amazing teacher and uh, facilitator mm -hmm. for this wisdom for other people? Thank you for that. It's actually something that came into my life as I was following my own heart more. So I had started with different trainings, shorter trainings in the realm of yoga and other spiritual practices. And what I realized quickly is that I really wanted to teach and practice something that was a lot more connected to that feminine dimension, which is the body, which is the ability to really come fully into ourselves and not just wanting to transcend the mind, which is such a big topic in Eastern philosophies, which of course is hugely valuable and has brought a lot of goodness and peace into many people's lives. But I always felt like there was a second sort of side of the coin that wasn't talked mm -hmm. about. And so as I went about my life, I made good friendships. I met people who changed my life. And I would say the first contact that I had was I was working with an arts organization that basically created holistic programs for artists. And I'm still involved with that organization. And basically 
we would put together these one week or 10 day programs where people come together to create art and also to learn to get inspiration from their intuition. And this is where I discovered a practice called Dreamtime Journeying. So the person that was leading this arts organization that I later became part of, he essentially became my teacher and he taught me quite a lot about how to really live with synchronicity. So how to recognize it and how to show others that that's something that lives within them so that they have this knowing and these messages that are constantly coming and how to not ignore them. So that was my first contact with a very kind of practical aspect of shamanism, which is really rooted in this idea that we are connected to this information system, to this tree of life, which is uh, both our ancestral knowledge, but also just inspiration. And so as I started practicing that, I naturally wanted to share that with others. And I started doing some women's circles and another aspect that really helped me a lot is that around the same time, I was doing a pelvic anatomy training, which was quite an extensive training over several weeks. And I learned how to come into the body. And at first it was very strange because it's a body part that we learn very little about. And the information that's out there usually tends to be blended in with yoga or massage. But this was truly like how to connect movements in your pelvis and feel all the muscles wow. in your pelvis. And so I saw in the women in my group, they were like, their faces were transforming after they were doing this work. And I was like, whoa, there's something here, you know? And so I, I just continued implementing that and sharing it with my workshops. And naturally this inner journeying and the physical work, which I continued studying self-empowered body work, anatomy-based work, it kind of started to blend. And then eventually people started bringing me books that were about awakening the womb, sharing their own gifts and workshops where I realized, wow, there's really a need for this and people are already working in this field. So it was kind of an organic development from where I started and where it took me. It just meant to be. Exactly. <laughs> You've been guided by yeah. something. And exactly. what is daydreaming? We wouldn't typically call it daydreaming, we would call it experiencing dream time. And so really it's a state that you recognize that everything that is around you is part of this weaving, is part of this um, magic that's unfolding. And so this is something that can be as simple as somebody giving you a message that just feels right for you at the store, right? That could be part of dream time or it could be you literally falling asleep and getting a message that is so clear. And it's like, wow, I want to explore that path further. I want to see what's next. What's the next stage from here? What is this dream meant to say to me? And so with dream time, what is an interesting aspect is that everything eventually becomes part of it. And that is that feminine dimension that we have really lost in our society. So that dimension that is based on intuition, on trusting in life, on trusting that you are fully guided and then learning to receive those messages. Mm -hmm. So that in short, I would say dream time. And an important part of it is that we never judge the dream. So unlike uh, dream analysis and maybe the Freudian or Jungian tradition, this is more about each little bit of the dream is a message. You can actually go in and change the dream and you can reweave it. And the symbols you see mean something to you specifically. They do not have a universal meaning that's for everyone. So that's how I would describe dream time. In our course, you also suggested to journal everything, all these moments and our dreams, mm -hmm. because it helps to unfold mm -hmm. the knowledge and connect dots and connect to your intuition through reflection. So it's really important part of the process. Yeah, definitely. And what is medicine woman and womb shamanism? What does it mean? 
I joined the course because it was suggested by my best friend Cassidy and I just trust her mm -hmm. and she was absolutely amazed by the course and she said that it was one of the most life-changing course for her and I was like okay I'm in where should I sign in <laughs> and I've read the description I'm like what is woman shamanism <laughs> what am I signing for but Cassidy's right. happy so why not I like to explore new things well yeah that's a good question because actually I would ask you, what does medicine woman mean to you? Hmm, that's a good question. I think it's ability to heal yourself, heal others with your presence, with your energy. And for example, even being in a marriage, I really believe that if we cook with hate, that may affect men for which you cook this food and kids as well. Or versus if you cook and you have this energy of love and you're saying words of, oh, like this food I'm making will bring my husband success and uh, happiness and thriving at his uh, beginnings, at his work. I really believe we have this power of creating reality with our intention, with our words, with our energy and so on. So something like this. Yeah, that's it. I mean, this is how I would describe it. And the reason I asked you first is because actually what I found is every woman has a slightly different definition and explanation, but I think you kind of boiled it down to, to some essentials, which is it's this ability to be whole in yourself. And so even with the word healing, it also relates to the word whole, holistic, being whole. And so for me, primarily, it's a way of integrating all that we are, which includes our seemingly external environment. And so that's why dream time is such a big tool, because we realize that we are constantly weaving this life around us, like you say, with intention, with our presence, with what we wish to create, we are constantly becoming these weavers. And so for me, being a medicine woman is recognizing that you are the weaver, that you are actually, in a way, it's, it's interesting, because you have this whole other world that it's like other people and they are there and they're weaving their own dream but somehow also this whole world is made for you to weave the dream and so you are in a way carrying a piece of that heart inside of you of all of what you see in this entire world yes this universe and so for me medicine woman path includes that and it involves us coming into that knowing and really trusting our path, trusting our intuition, and also trusting our deep intuitive mind over the rational mind. Mm -hmm. Because as we look at the world right now, we can see there's a lot of anxieties, there's a lot of need to predict or to control or to contain or to perhaps even affect nature yeah. to certain degrees, right? And so this is all coming from a culture that hasn't really taught us the value of the deep feminine and that has gone really underground and kind of seen as less than but the reason that is the case is because it's actually very powerful and it disrupts and it's able to rebirth structures mm -hmm. in this world it's able to change everything we see and actually make it better but it mm -hmm. takes faith it takes courage and so for me this path of the medicine woman is really having that courage in your own intuition Absolutely. Yeah. I talked to my friend uh, from yoga school. He's actually a shaman. And uh, he said that in our world right now, there is too much masculine energy. And we need to bring more of this feminine energy to balance it out because it's too much control, too much of the leading. And uh, it needs a little bit of this playful energy and spontaneous, unpredictable energy. So yeah, something is about that. Yeah. 
That's... Unpredictable. That's the heart of it. It's unpredictable because mm-hmm. it, it can innovate out of an instant and something new appears. And I think that what you bring up, that unpredictable part is sort of the most feared part of, let's say, when you think of the wild woman archetype that became quite famous through a book called Women Who Run With the Wolves, which I recommend to every every woman and also men who are interested in this topic. It's truly fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so you, you look at that archetype when the author opens the book, she speaks about why this inner wild woman, that unpredictable force of nature was so buried. And it's because it inherently challenges what we see around us. And so what your friend was maybe perhaps is this balance that we are lacking where a lot of these outer structures try to keep a lid on that force. Mm-hmm. So shamanic cultures are always about opening the pathway to nature. And much of our modern society is about even the way we talk about nature, like antagonistic, dangerous, mm-hmm. outside of us, always out to get us. So that's part of that whole kind of system that we have created and that, you know, my work and I believe also your work is changing. Yes, absolutely. And who is that wild woman within us and how can we discover it and connect to that? So I would say on the baseline, it starts with saying what you mean and meaning what you say. So this is a very basic tenet of integrity, trusting yourself that you know what's good for you and that even if something doesn't work out the way you expect it, that you are carried. And so the wild woman, I would say, is an archetype that does not succumb to other people's opinions. And that's really, really hard for so many of us, like oh, yeah. really, really hard because we have grown into a culture that asks us to people pleasers. And that applies to women, it also applies to men. But I think sometimes women have a harder time stepping out of it. And so The wild woman awakens when you begin to respect and honor your body, your need for rest, your need for creativity, your need for free form exploration, your need to speak what you really want to say. When you start to honor all of these things and you start to be honest with yourself and, you know, feel the fear and do it anyways, like feel the fear that others will judge you and still say what you Mm. know is right and still do what you know is right for you. Mm, That's so beautiful. Yes. I know that on the course, we talked about awakening our womb because it helps to connect to our body. And there is so much wisdom and so much knowledge from the lineage and ancestors. And uh, by connected to our womb on a regular basis, we can discover all this truth and really embody who we are. And how can we awaken our womb and wisdom within? So that is also a really good question because it ties into what we just talked about. There are many, many ways. And I would say that it first begins by recognizing that our bodies have meaning. So our bodies are truly not just this suit of flesh, which sometimes you can get the impression if you listen to, depending on which spiritual lineages you listen to, it can seem like that, although I don't believe that this is necessarily the intention with which they are taught that our bodies actually are just a more physical manifestation of a principle of creativity and creation. So for me, that is the beginning to realize that and to also come into the female body, which truly has this ability that no scientist could ever explain how life is created. Like they know the stages, they know when they can detect it, but they don't actually know where it comes from. They know the process of the physical conception, but they do not know where 
that inner part of the being that animates it actually comes from. And so it is really important for us to recognize that this body, which seems so mundane and seems so day-to-day, -day, it's day-to-day -day stuff, but actually this is where the secret is hiding. Mm -hmm. And so in womb awakening or womb shamanism or womb healing, all different words to describe this practice, it's about recognizing that there is this knowing that is very deep and primal within us. And so it resides in those so-called lower chakras. And I also want to draw the attention to this, that this lower is a lot of times used as a negative connotation, like mm -hmm. higher and lower. Yeah. And again, this reflects the fact that we have not really included the feminine in a profound way. These lower chakras are actually our connection to the earth and all of the shamanic practices, which were earth-based practices, which were also heart-based practices, they always were about connecting to the earth. And so for women, it could be as simple as imagining the downward flow, uh, learning to rest during your period and understanding that something absolutely miraculous is happening as you are shedding the blood from your womb, which normally would have nourished an entire baby to grow if you would have conceived, right? That blood would have stayed in yeah. and nourished the baby with stem cells and just healing. And so it's about really recognizing that what we think is simple and what we think is insignificant especially our bodies, is actually sacred and that there's knowledge in them, that there's the direct connection, like we say, yeah. to our ancestors, right? Some people call this the DNA. And that's why it's like our greatest gift. That is our greatest gift and it's hidden in plain sight. So that's how I would describe the feminine mystery teachings and womb shamanism. Yes. And uh, there is so much of the energy of creation in a womb because that's the energy with which we give a birth, we create next human. Absolutely. And uh, this is something undescribable with science because women have a unique ability to bring new souls to this life. Yeah. And nobody can like, describe how it happens. And this is truly magical. Exactly. And we can use this energy to create things in our life. We have this ability to attract with this energy, money, success, and they create all our reality we just don't know how to connect and use it and i just i'm at the beginning of my journey to explore this area more and this is so interesting and there is so many interesting tools which also have been always hidden from us and uh, if you go on the regular researches and try to learn scientific facts about these tools it all has negative feedback and it's just our right. tools, which have been always trying to take away from us by society and others. That's right. I think there is a real fear of that aspect of ourselves. And what you said about the womb being this portal, I mean, you look at many ancestral cultures and you will find cave paintings with red color or red ochre. You will find the downward pointing triangle, which signifies yeah. this downward moving energy that comes through the womb each month, right? Yeah. And so it's said in some cultures that awakening this womb, not only as a physical portal for physical beings, but also as a kind of integral mother consciousness, I think more than awakening the physical aspect of it, which becomes healed in this practice, no doubt, it's about awakening the consciousness that resides there, which is actually so profound and deep and if you imagine the womb it's a black space it's hidden mm -hmm. but through that black space the new comes in mm -hmm. 
And so that is sort of the heart of how ancestral cultures saw the womb and why it's actually so vital for all of society, because it's exactly like you say, there is when you come into that knowing, and by the way, this can be even for women who have had their womb removed, they will still remain the blueprint of that, right? Mm -hmm. When you come into that and you are really integrated with your deep knowing, which speaks through you oftentimes through this womb, we call it gut feeling, right? But it's mm -hmm. actually womb, the lower belly. Yeah. When you're integrated with that, then naturally things that you create from the heart, like abundance, like love, like loving relationship to men or to the rest of society comes in because that is how powerful it is when we integrate it. Yes. What's the tools for awakening of our womb? I've learned about yoni egg, which is fascinating, and I would love to talk more about that. Uh, but what's uh, the other things? So a simple tool that your listeners can use or anybody really who wants to come into the womb is to lie down on, a, I would say a hard surface is nice like a yoga mat, because on an anatomical level, when we are lying on a hard surface, mm -hmm. our deeper muscles, which are called the postural muscles, either the muscles along the spine, which hold up our posture all day, they relax only when we are kind of on a harder surface. They don't even fully relax in a bed usually. So I would come onto a yoga mat, maybe place some pillows under the knees, cover yourself, make sure that your belly and your womb are warm. You can place your hands in a triangle position on the womb and then just sending golden breath to that space and asking it to open, showing to it that you're willing to receive this knowing that resides inside of you. And so if you have any music that you want to play, that also works quite well to deepen your relaxation, just anything that you can do to send this intention down. And of course, there are other physical practices where we work with the pelvic floor, and that also kind of knocks on the door, let's say, of the energetic aspects and allows them to open more. Mm, that's amazing. Yes. And I really loved our practices on your course. And uh, one of them was really transformational for me. After that meditation, I just started to journal. I was crying and uh, I wrote down execution plan for my podcast. And actually, <laughs> I want to say a huge thank you because after this course, I launched this podcast. So <laughs> I'm so happy I'm to have you here today and I'm so grateful. It's really powerful, all your practices yeah. and all this work. It just helps to remove these blockages and use this power of creation within us. And I'm so happy because I see you and like you're really radiant with this, what Aww, you're doing. You know, you. Like there's a light around you and it's so clearly a place that is good for you. And I'm truly happy to hear that. Yes, I love doing that. I meet so many amazing people and I just feel like in my element. Totally, I can see yes. it. What's the other tools such as herbs, uh, crystals? What else is uh, can be mm -hmm. used in our womb mm -hmm. awakening? So the herbs and the crystals are very useful because you can work with a steaming of the yoni, steaming the pelvic floor essentially, or, or let's say the skin on the outside of the pelvic floor. And this helps to bring the qualities of the herbs through the skin, through the pores, into the yoni canal, into tissues that surround the ovaries. So you have to imagine that our skin is very absorbent and it's actually in Ayurveda, it's often used as a place where the healing properties of herbs are absorbed through oils, through scrubs, right? And so that is a great tool. And um, when it comes to crystals, you mentioned yoni eggs, right? So, so this is one tool that is quite popular and it's essentially like a small egg shaped crystal. 
that you insert internally, vaginally. And it is like a, if you imagine a beautiful crystal with healing energy, with just radiance coming into that inner space, it's really just giving healing to that whole space. So that is a great tool. You can take it step by step. I mean, there's whole protocols in it, or you can just sort of start in your own way. And for example, pick a medium size, you usually have a small, medium, large. So that's a good way to get in touch with yourself, with the yoni space, which is connected directly to the womb. But apart from that, I would say it's really about being aware of this grounding force. So when I talk about embodiment in my courses, I don't just use it sort of like as a buzzword. I really mean being constantly aware of your body. And it's like, gravity, this force of gravity, which a lot of times is seen as heavy or uncomfortable, if you can imagine that this is actually what grounds you and what connects you to the roots of the earth, and it connects you to the crystal kingdom in the earth and the soil with its dark, fertile qualities, right? So coming into that loving being in the body, loving your body, I think that is a huge aspect of the womb awakening, of becoming very grounded in your feminine self. Yes. What is the difference between different yoni eggs? There is uh, rosa quartz, then there is some black one and some green one. What's the difference between them and what the difference in between effects it has on our body? And which one is the best to start with? So this also really is going to depend on each woman. So the three that you're referring to are obsidian. That's the black one. You have the rose quartz, which is the pink one. And then you have the jade, which is the green one. And so traditionally it is said in some Taoist practices that the jade one was primarily used. However, nowadays, a lot of women like to start with the obsidian because obsidian is like a black stone that absorbs energy. That's what it does. It just absorbs whatever is there. And so a lot of times we will have not taken care of our womb space, of the yoni space. And it almost feels like that black color, it feels safe to give everything that you no longer need to it. Mm. And so the black one is really popular to start with. And then usually women will move on to the jade one, which is sort of bringing you into your sensual self. It's a very kind of feminine, elegant, womanly quality of stone to awaken that that sensual aspect of yourself and then the rose quartz it is said that it brings a lot of healing a lot of love energy but also as an amplifier so quartz is always like known as an amplifier Mm -hmm. and so you'd probably want to bring that in after as the last one once you feel like you've cleared out and moved and connected to your sensual energy bringing in the rose quartz, it could be used for opening to love, opening also to soulmate love. I think it's a great stone for that. Mm -hmm, That's amazing. And is there any side effects for yoni eggs? Because if you go on internet, it's so bad. Any risks? Well, you know, anything you do in life has risks, right? So the thing is, again, is like, how do we navigate in a way that is healthy for us as an individual? And so when it comes to the yoni egg, or really a lot of complementary practices. You know, we have gotten into a culture where the word healing is often only reserved to, you know, people with white coats. And I think this is part of this masculine energy that is about codifying and regulating. And, you know, in many ways it's very helpful because it has a lot of qualities that we need, especially in emergency situations. Like there's so many situations where we need that practice. But I think that for us as individuals, it is really important to be discerning and listen to our intuition. So 
when it comes to yoni eggs, I am not aware of any like serious risks. I'm not aware of anything that could really, really go wrong. It's just like anything that you insert into your body. You want to be careful with it, right? But there's nothing about it that's inherently problematic or very dangerous, I would say, right? To the opposite, it actually provides a lot of healing to women. And really one of the things that many women are afraid of, and this comes back to self-knowledge, knowing your body, knowing what is right for you, is this idea that, oh my God, if I insert this little egg, how am I going to get it out? It's going to get stuck and then it's going to migrate into my womb. So assuming that, of course, you should, if you have any doubts, if you have any medical questions or serious conditions, it's good to consult with somebody who's an expert in that particular field. But generally speaking, the pelvic floor is very, very strong. So the pelvic floor are, is this layer of muscles that makes up the bottom part of your pelvis. And so if you imagine the vaginal canal, it is made up by the layers of the pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. And so typically what will happen is if you come into a squatting position and just kind of press a little bit, imagine pressing, it'll come right out. So that is the only risk that I could think of in terms of you might get freaked out, but it doesn't pose a risk to the body unless you have a very serious condition or something Mm -hmm. extremely unusual going on. Mm -hmm. So I would say the risks are pretty low. And of course, you can always get the ones which have the hole. So you would attach some unwaxed dental floss into the hole, make a string. Mm -hmm. So you always feel like, hey, you know, it's quite easy to pull out and I don't have to worry about anything. And there is so many benefits. It strengthens all these muscles within pelvic floor. It helps to increase sensitivity. It helps to build up the sexual energy and have a stronger orgasm. And there is so many benefits to that. And uh, it comes from Kegel X. The very first one was Kegel X. And this doctor who created this tool, he had 90% of success rate in helping his uh, Mm. patients. And then people Mm. started to use the crystals for that. What I add to that is that there's a lot of misconceptions around the pelvic floor. The vast majority of women do not have a problem because their pelvic floor muscles are too weak. They have a problem because they are too contracted or contracting too much of the time. So Mm -hmm. there is a hypertonicity a lot of times. So what I would say, and this is why I think the Yoni egg is one tool, but what is even more foundational is to learn to feel the inside of your pelvis without any insertion, any tools, because that's going to be your baseline. And so if you think back of the course, we did a lot of practices of learning where the muscles are, seeing them on pictures, touching our pelvis and tracing the pelvis, touching the insertion points where the muscles insert into the bony structure, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say that it's really important for us to, yes, take charge of the pelvic health, but also keep in mind that it's not necessarily about building strength, which is, again, it's this masculine, like, you know, you go to the gym, it's like the gym for the pelvic floor. (laughs) Yes, it is. But in this case, the gym includes noticing the difference between being relaxed and being contracted. And this is everything right in your Mm -hmm. sensation. When you talk about pleasure sensation, this has to do with sensory awareness. So the more you build an internal sensory awareness of your vaginal canal through exercises, through anatomy-based work, through self-empowered body work, the more you're going to feel that in a part, in a physical sense and in an energetic sense, right? And so I would say the yoni egg is one tool that let's say you could use to feel where you're at. And it's almost like it allows you to gauge what's happening. Mm-hmm. 
But even better is if you can have a foundation where you feel those muscles without any outside intervention or insertion. And that is truly like an inside out knowing that you can then build on with the yoni egg. Yes. We had some wonderful practice uh, in our course uh, with you, but I also noticed that you have a new course about pelvic healing. And since we're talking about that, can you please share what's there and uh, what do you cover? Sure. Why it is important. So this course is part of a modality called holistic somatic healing. And that particular training is the module, which is the feminine pelvic embodiment training. And it is actually a facilitator training. And the reason that I felt called to do this, it's so layered and it kind of came out of my own trajectory and working in this field is that I saw that there was, like I mentioned before, there was little available in terms of the pelvic floor that didn't rely on a particular tool or that didn't blend pelvic work somehow more into yoga practice or massage. And having the background that I have with a school that is basically the anatomy of movement school, and then I continue to develop with different researchers in that field, how we can create our own courses that include anatomy knowledge. What I found is that there was just very little accurate and detailed information. So when we talk about pelvic floor, I could give you like a two-hour workshop, or we could make it into a month-long thing or two-week thing. And you each day you would explore different exercises and how they can engage the different layers of the pelvic floor, how you can nourish the bony structure, how you experience the pelvis as you're moving, how you integrate it into daily patterns. And so this course was born out of this desire to combine that very, very body-based knowledge, giving women self-empowered body work, which means they don't have to go to a therapeutic setting where they lie on a table and someone inserts something and then it's done. Because for the body, that's usually a one-off moment. And what you want to do is have a practice where you're doing the work internally for yourself. And it's real agency in that. And so it integrates into your life. And we combine that as you take that inner sensory awareness into the dream journeys, into, like, let's say, for working with the bony part of the pelvis and the joints, which oftentimes we don't feel. How can we feel them, right? So then a beautiful dream journey that goes along with that and practice is meeting the bone woman, meeting the life, death, nature, which our bones are so profoundly connected to, because that's the part that remains of us. And so the idea was to bring these pillars of the experiential anatomy for women that is truly based coming from the anatomy study and movement of anatomy rather than a different practice, mm -hmm. just pure anatomy, empowered self, empowered body work, bringing that in with the inner healing, with the intuition, with journeying into the body parts. Because what I said at the beginning is that the body has unique wisdom that we tend to ignore or think is mundane. So that's how the holistic somatic healing modality was born. And in particular, the, the feminine pelvic embodiment training. And my goal is really to give as many women as possible the tools to go out and build a complete practice with this and to share this work to other women because it is so, so direly needed because there's so many misconceptions and we're missing out on this magical part of our body, the womb space, the yoni space. Yes. And you also have uh, another new course, which is about uh, somatic healing, right? Holistic somatic healing. That's right. Yeah. And what is that about? This is kind of the overarching uh, modality that the pelvic work is part of. So under holistic somatic healing, you have 
the feminine pelvic embodiment training, and you also have the wombless breath training. So that includes getting into our breath in a very feminine way, rather than fast-paced kind of working with the breath, we drop into the structures that facilitate breathing and create bliss also throughout the body, like true pleasure sensations, right? Mm -hmm. And so the holistic somatic healing encompasses both of these modalities, the pelvic focused one and the womb breathing focused one. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I really wanted to give to women is an opportunity to have a modality that kind of contains all the components that they can use and really become practitioners right? So the first one being the experiential anatomy, the second one being the journeys and the womb journeys, the dream journeys into the body. And the third one being, that's the third pillar of holistic somatic healing is the teaching methodology. So it's sometimes called pedagogy, really, how do I use my voice? How is the setting? What am I putting my awareness to? How much space am I giving to that person to do their own path? You know, all of that integrated into a session. Wow. That sounds amazing. Another question I was curious to ask you <laughs> before we finish is if you ever had an experience with psychedelics, because on our course, a lot of women had amazing awakening experience with your practice. And also there was a lot of mentioning of ayahuasca ceremonies and other healing ceremonies with psychedelics. What's your opinion on that as a tool or it's just a shortcut? What do you think about that? I think this really depends on the individual. There's no blanket answer to that. So what I would guide people to do is look at, does this really feel aligned for you? Does that person who's facilitating the ceremony feel like they're fully in their heart and they know what they're doing, mm -hmm. that they are guided, that they are listening to their own guidance? So I think it can be a great tool. I, I do think that in some cases, it can also be a shortcut, but shortcuts don't have to be bad. What I like about the work with womb shamanism and these dream journeys that we did, which really kind of take you in this altered state without mm. anything from the outside coming in, right? It's that, you know, you're building this part of your brain, which sometimes people refer to the cerebellum, which is sort of at the base of the skull as the shamanic brain or the part of us that is kind of asleep and that gave birth to the rest of our brain sort of gave birth to our logical mind and now our logical mind is like taking over, but really it's coming back into like that base of our perception. And so what I love about the work that involves these inner dream journeys is that you can build that without depending on any particular plant or tool. So there is this idea that you can actually gradually unravel a lot of those things. And just like what I described with the body work, right? If you go to somebody work sessions where somebody else is giving you a massage, so it's like an outside influence, right? You may have a great experience in that moment, but what you really want to do is integrate it into your daily life. And that's why you do the self-empowered body works practices that integrate into your daily movements, into your daily habits, so that you yourself feel the changes and initiate the changes from within. And so it's the same with these other tools. Of course, plants are absolutely magnificent the plant kingdom we we know so little about how plants actually exist in all of these other planes and they actually communicate with each other so we're just scratching the surface and taking that in is one way to have a direct experience and so i'd say for many people it can be a huge awakening that they needed and they needed to have that stark contrast between their daily life and what happened in the ceremony. And that just broke something in them, which actually make their lives better, right? For other people, 
it could be more beneficial. And this is the path that I think is actually good for everyone is to also gradually integrate those Mm -hmm. things and realize that this part of you is always available, regardless of whether you're journeying with a plant or not. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a mix of both. My answer is depends on the person. And yes, it can also be gained gradually this insight. Yeah. And everything is good in moderation and uh, plants can be something powerful, but then you still need to go back home and do your work. You need to integrate that and you need to work a lot in order to absorb all this knowledge. And then you can maybe go in a while and take another lesson. Exactly. Yes. And what's interesting is that a friend of mine who, who did go on an ayahuasca journey, he told me that he felt like it was very similar to what he had experienced mm-hmm. in ring time journeys. Just it was a little more amplified, but the way that images appear and you make connections, he said he felt like he was just being prepared for it completely through the work with dream time and dream journey. And so when he actually had the experience, it wasn't as let's say extreme for him, it seemed like a natural extension of something he'd already been doing. Wow, you said him. So you had a male who does womb awakening journey with you. (laughs) I want to learn more about that. (laughs) That's actually a good point too. So this person was working with dream time, which actually was never um, sort of limited only to men or women, but it's just this general feeling of receiving information, trusting your visions, being aware of your visions all day long. So dream time can be practiced by many people, right? Different people. But actually this, what you say brings me to an important point is that women have the womb, which is the physical womb, and men have what's called the hara. So it's the lower energetic center, which resides in that lower belly. And so they too, you know, they too came out of a womb and they are also aware of that consciousness. So you could do journeys where you guide uh, men and women into the womb and just say, go into breathing into your womb or hara, like you would add the word hara, just to make sure that they feel like they're also working with their lower belly. And what is amazing, and this is something that has, I want to say also that that has been a huge change in my life is that men are absolutely drawn to this. Like (laughs) 100%. I love it. I mean, there's, there's like a lot of men, they want to step up and like be in this beautiful, loving space and be the guardian of that and like give their energy to it. And this is something that so many men, they feel a calling, but they may not have the language to talk about this. They may not have had any education or anybody who nudged them in that direction. So if you or any, any other woman who's listening, starts to go on this path with this work, it's like it will transform your relationship to males and especially to romantic relationships in your life because it'll just invite the man into like a space that he recognizes. Like it's a primal thing. It's not a logical thing. And again, brings us back to that intuitive self. That is where all the bliss is. If you can integrate your sensual self, right? This is something I want to bring up that is also a lot of times is done is like people will compare this work to, let's say, contemporary Tantra. Contemporary Tantra is a lot about like moving the energy and learning what the energy does and like doing techniques and coming into a particular position. And I would say there's some overlaps, but the key difference is that with the womb wisdom work, with a pelvic healing work, it's like truly coming from a space that is primarily a heart space. And that heart space includes your sensuality and it includes your pleasure self, but in like such a loving way. And it includes your relationship with men and it includes them inside of it. And so it's a very organic 
and less segmented way of working with that energy. It's, it's about plugging into that field, what is called the tree of life. And from that flows just immense joy mm. that men also really connect to and they crave, even if they don't, if they're not into the same things that you are, or they don't know anything about spirituality. Once you start to live that and embody that, they will become drawn into it and they will appreciate it. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, because I really loved uh, the meditation we did in our course. And I still it's one of my favorite meditation ever, when uh, we imagine that our consciousness connects to the consciousness of the universe through the branches, it's like a tree and it connects to the universe. And then we imagine our womb. And that our womb connects to the womb of Mother Earth, also through this tree and branches. Mm-hmm. And wh- when I lead ceremonies, yeah. I-, I love using this. But if I have men in the room, I'm like, how do I tell them to imagine tree coming out of their womb? <laughs> right. Well, now you know, it's the Hara. It's the energetic center for men. Hara, yes. That's yeah. amazing. So uh, tell us, how can we find you online or in Facebook or Instagram? And uh, how do we find your course? Sure. So if you wanted to visit the website where you have a lot of information in terms of the courses, the offerings, that would be embodiedhealing.co. So that's one word, embodied healing, and then just .co. And then the Instagram, where I'm quite active recently, you can uh, find it under embodied womb arts, right? So it it has a slightly different name, but if you go on the homepage embodiedhealing.co, you'll be able to then click at the bottom to take you to the Instagram page. So that's an easy way to, to get to both. Yes, that's great. Thank you so much. It's so informative and uh, I've learned so much new today as well. And uh, thank you so much again for being here and to share your wisdom with us. Yeah, I'm super happy for the invite and I feel really honored to have shared this with you. And I truly hope that something in there, just like I had these moments of, wow, this work is real. Like this is so important. I want to do this. I want this in my life. I want to live this. I hope that this kind of ripple effect goes out to the women and the men who are listening to your podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Wishing you a lovely day over there. It's quite late here in Bali. Yes, I'm in Canada. Sine is in Bali. It's crazy. 12 12 hours hours difference. And how is we made it work? Yes. (laughs) And how's the situation with uh, Bali right now? Because we really wanted to go there and have a yoga teacher training and uh, some other courses because there is so many amazing courses blowing Mm -hmm. up right now there. But unfortunately, Bali is closed right now. And uh, how does it look like? Is it any different? It's not anymore. It's actually, they've opened up a new visitor visa. I mean, it's still, there's some like things that you have to do to come in, but you can. And so if you're staying, planning to stay for a month or so, it's totally worth it. And the situation, I would say it's tricky because we have a lot of suffering in terms of economic consequences. So Mm -hmm. the majority of the consequence here, like I would say, almost all the consequence was just purely economic. So because of the lack of um, tourism and this economy relying so much on tourism, it has really taken a hard hit. And so from that aspect, it's tough and it's challenging for the locals. And it's up to us also those expats who live here to kind of support them and, you know, our support in any way we can. And uh, when it comes to being here in terms of the quality of life that you have, it's, it's truly amazing. I mean, 
in Bali, it's always been amazing because you have sunshine, you have the jungle, mm-hmm. you have beaches, you're on an island that's part of a country that is made up of islands. So it's like you have so much to yeah, discover. So beautiful. And I would say I feel incredibly blessed to have landed here just before this whole world situation mm-hmm. unfolded as it did. Because while there are some restrictions, I would say that truly normal life continues for about 95% of the cases of anything you could imagine doing. So that includes yoga, it includes trainings, going to the beach, restaurants. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you're considering or anyone else is considering, I would say it's worth taking a little bit more time if you can, like not just dropping it for a week. But yeah, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. And the, the charm of the island just never goes away. It's a magical place. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm so looking forward to go there. It's in my dream world and I can't wait. Yeah, it's a good time now, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. Thank you so much again. I'm so grateful to have you here and I'm so looking forward to share this. Perfect. I'm excited. Thank you so much, Olga. We'll stay in touch. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.